This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey Geeks Campus, I'm here with Ian McKay, who's a legend in the effects industry. Uh, He's just finished a Space Command uh, poster signing, and their Kickstarter is going to end tonight. They've raised over $200,000. Of course, we had Mark on the show uh, earlier this summer. He was amazing. He did an hour and a half conversation, but we're not going to keep Ian that long because he's just signed a ton of posters for fans. Um, Ian, let's let's let the audience know what you've worked on in the effects field, because it's pretty vast. I know you were uh, you were talking to Lee about Interview with a Vampire, yeah. but what was your start in the effects industry? I was actually Terminator 2. Um, that was my very first film, and, and after that I went on to the Star Wars prequels and, and um, Hook, Interview with the Vampire, Dracula, uh, Peter Pan, all kinds of crazy stuff. Harry Potter, and then this last year I got to work on uh, John Carter and on the Avengers. So that was really fun. We were in the bar last night at the Hyatt talking about how John Carter is a really good movie. It is. It is. It just somehow didn't find its audience when it came out in the theaters. It's finding it now on DVD. I think it's actually pretty successful there. But um, wh- when you've got these huge Hollywood productions, what, what, what draws your attention to something like Space Command, which is a smaller budget, it's independent, you guys raised 200000 on Kickstarter. What draws you to something like, like uh, Space Command? Well, it's the same thing that draws any actor or, or any creative person, really. Um, y- you know, once you start earning money... You know you can keep doing that, and, and that's not what drives you. It's, it's either a creative challenge or it's the story itself, something touches you. For me, it's often I see a hole in the project. I see something that allows me to bring a bit of me into that space. And Mark, damn him, very cleverly leaves a lot of holes that conveniently fit me. Now, looking back at your career, which is just, a, I mean, you, you could have done worse than starting on Terminator 2. Actually, that's not where I started. I was an illustrator for 10 years. Um, I helped, uh, I was one of the first artists on the Fighting Fantasy Choose Your Own Adventure books. And I also did a Jethro Tull cover for Broadsword and the Beast that a lot of people have tattooed all over their bodies. So you've basically been a fantasy fan your entire life, or a fantasy and sci-fi fan your entire life? No, actually it's people. It's people. I love drawing people. They're the best fantasy creatures I've ever seen. And uh, I just found if I put horns and wings and little floating droids in the picture, it sells better. Now, that's what I was going to ask. Looking back at this career... What was the creation? What was uh, give me? I know you can probably can't give you your best because it's like it's like picking your children. But what would be like a handful of the ones that you're like, yeah, that that one really meant a lot to me, and I was really proud of that one. Yeah, that's funny. It is like your children, you know, or or, or they ask you what's your favorite one. You always say the next, yeah. you know. But um, I, I guess. I guess the Star Wars things were really, really fun. George gave you a lot of freedom. It was on episode one, four years of nonstop design. You don't normally get that on a project. Um, I'm actually about to go and direct my first feature film. It's called Book of Secrets, and it's a kind of urban fantasy. There aren't a lot of films like that. And I love drawing those things because they are 
that step closer to just being real life, but it's real life with a very strange twist. So I guess Book of Secrets is, next to Star Wars, has been my most favorite thing. Then I've loved doing the Magic Time books with, uh, with Mark, because again, it's, it's real life with a strange twist to it all. And you designed Darth Maul? I did, yes. He was, uh, George came up and said there's a new Sith Lord, so I think I spent, God, a year and a half trying to out-helmet Darth Vader, and, you know, impossible. It is a perfect design, a Nazi, Nazi helmet with a skull, come on. Right, but, so, but I mean, Darth Maul is incredible. Were you bummed when they cut him in half at the end no. of the first prequel? No, 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 no. Short, sweet, came on, stole everybody's hearts, and got off the stage. Come on. But it was when I took the helmet off. That's when I started to find the new stuff, right? And, and um, I tried a lot of different things. At first, it was like putting a circuit board on the face. And then, and then uh, gosh, I tried to bring the personality out of every person. I would just grab the art department and get them to pose photographer posed for me so I carved his face up like a pumpkin and put a light inside that kind of thing and then finally I ran out of people so I used my own face and and uh, the script appeared at this time and, and he was described as a vision from your worst nightmare well that's easy for me yeah. you know clowns scare the crap out of me so Darth Maul is just my big clown that's amazing um, last question and then I'll let you run uh, this new project, what was the name of it again? It's called Book of Secrets. And you, when do you go into production? Do you know yet? We don't know yet. No, we're still waiting for that you know, famous green light. The script is done. Most of the designs are done. Um, we have distributors who are very interested in picking it up. So, you know, it's, it's, it's all the way there or 100 miles away. You just never know in the film industry. Now, with things like Fables and Once Upon a Time and Grimm being, becoming really popular with the urban fa- uh, uh, fairy tale type thing, how, how do you di- is yours an urban fairy tale or is it an urban fantasy? How do you differentiate yours? Okay. It's urban fantasy, and the difference is that fairy tales, when they were created, were created present day. So people talked about um, kings and peasants and, you know, they wore medieval costumes because it was now. It was today. And it dealt with issues about today, right? The, the plague, horrible things, the, 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 you know, serfdom and the oppression of the meat, all that kind of stuff. That's why those stories were about that. So what I want is a fairy tale for today talking about the stuff that matters today. And it also, when fairy tales came out, you know, family would go see a good hanging, and then they'd go back and listen to a fairy tale around the fire. So I want this fairy tale of mine to be for everybody. It's for kids and grown-ups, and you don't hold any punches. That's actually really interesting. I'd never thought about it in that context, that we were just taking old fantasy stuff and bringing it into the modern day, and what you're going to do is actually probably says a lot more about us. Yeah. I mean, look at the clothes we're wearing right now. To me, this beats any cloak and medieval tunic you could ever get these kind of shoes. Look at them. A thousand years from now, they'll hold that up and that will, like I say, it'll be you know, the medieval tunic of today. Right. So I want that stuff. I want to take everything in today, um, including the magic we have today. You're holding a stick towards me right now that's actually recording my voice and broadcasting it to people around the globe. So how magical is that? You can take that back to the Middle Ages and you'd be burned at the stake, you know? That's amazing. What a great perspective. Um, well, Ian, whatever help you need on the, on the uh, film, whatever help you guys need at Space Command, obviously you guys, you have the resources of Geekscape at your disposal. Pleasure. It's been a pleasure meeting you here. Oh, you too, man. All right. Good luck with everything. All right. Bye. Take care.